It's the rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour, bonsoir, welcome to the rendezvous. I am Simon Marcel, the accent French. Uh, before I start and go to your calls, I want to uh, just invite you to do something maybe you haven't done yet. Um, we have opened a space, a podcast space called La Confession, where the truth always comes out, for you to tell me stories. And I really want to thank you for that. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go to the rendezvousshow.com and all those true stories are impactful. Yes, sometimes, you know, it's not easy to say certain things, but once you say it, you feel better. And I promise you a safe, no judgment, no guilt zone. That's not what I do. I'm here to listen. I'm here to appreciate and learn from you. And we all learn from each other. So if you haven't done it yet, just go to the rendezvousshow.com and listen to La Confession. You calls and new questions are next tonight. 855-905-8255. Eight five five nine zero five eighty two fifty five. Any question for me? Call me. Tyra, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Um, so I have a question. I, my boyfriend and I have been together for about six months, and mm -hmm. we're starting to spend the night together, which is sweet, and I love it, and I love being close to him. The problem is that when he drinks more than two or three glasses of wine, he snores a lot at night. <laughs> and that's becoming a problem. Like he snores, he moves around a lot to the point where I have to go sleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. And it's putting a strain on the relationship because we're losing that closeness that, you know, I, I miss from just cuddling in bed. I understand. Tara, do you think he drinks because it helps him fall asleep extra? Does he drinks because he is anxious? What's the reason of the extra uh, glass of wine and so on at night? I don't know that it's anxiety. It's a lot of times, like during the week, we don't really drink, but on the weekend we go out and we, you know, you have a few drinks and come back and we don't have to wake up early the next day. Um, mm -hmm. He never gets super drunk, so that's not the issue. I mean, just that little bit, I think, affects his sleep and then affects my sleep, you know? Sure. So, but why not talk about it with him? What's the uh, fear? I think it's still because we're so new. It's because it's only six months in, so it still is a new relationship. And I think maybe this is my problem where I don't want to be a bother to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't want to make him feel self-conscious. So I just kind of like just go sleep on the couch, which is probably not the best way to handle a situation. No, I think I think the best way is to talk. It's not too early, too late. I think that you're right. It is going to impact your relationship in a deep, bad way if you don't reconnect, if you don't snuggle, if you have to resent him. So, Tyra, I think the way out of this is having a great conversation and just say, here's what's going on. And then he's going to have to make a choice, really, between what's more important to him, drinking at night or having his girlfriend in his bed. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I guess it's better to do now. You're right, because I can feel the resentment kind of already building up. Absolutely. Um, Those conversations are lifesavers for our relationships when we do this. We tell the truth early, everybody finds solution or not, and people make decisions. You need to know, Tara, if yes or no, he'd rather have a couple extra drinks or not snore and be with his girlfriend at night in the same bed. His choice, but you need to know. Okay. I, I, I'm going to word it like that. I like that. that thank you. <laughs> You, I, most, I thought this was a silly question, but I'm glad I called you. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thanks for your phone call and have a good night, Tara. Thanks. You too. Bye.
I just got an interesting Twitter DM at Rendezvous Radio. It's about revenge when it comes to relationships. That's coming up next. The good news is, if you can't call me but you have a question, you can always send me a Twitter DM at Rendezvous Radio. Trisha, what is going on with Antonio with this Twitter DM? Okay, so Antonio says, bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Antonio. My ex-wife reached out to my current girlfriend on social media and told her that we're still having ooh-la-la. This is 100% not true. I haven't even talked to my ex-wife in months. She's very bitter, and I think she's trying to get revenge on me for our divorce. I tried to explain this to my girlfriend, but I'm not getting through to her. She's afraid to trust me, and I don't know how to prove to her that it's not true. What should I do? That's a tough situation you're in, Antonio. So how to prove to somebody that what the ex is saying is a lie? I'm going to give you advice on that next. So I'm going to put myself in the shoes of Antonio who just sent me that Twitter DM. Basically, I am, let's say I'm him. I'm dating this new girlfriend, and my ex-wife reaches out to my now girlfriend on social media to tell her a lie that me and my ex-wife having ooh-la-la behind her back. But that's all lie. That's what Antonio told me in this Twitter DM. So his girlfriend doesn't trust him no matter what the proofs are. So Antonio, put the question to your new girlfriend. Who does she trust the most? Somebody she's never met, your ex-wife or you, her boyfriend, and let her decide. At one point, if there is no trust, there is no room for relationship. She has to decide who she trusts. Ask her to follow her intuition and go from there, and you have to respect what decision she's making. Don't spend your energy trying to convince her. Just say, go to your intuition, honey. Who do you trust, me or my ex-wife that you've never met? Let her make the decision. Good luck to you, Antonio. Thank you for the Twitter DM. You call the next. If you have a question for me, dial 855-905-8255. Brent, bonjour. Bonjour. Bonjour, Brent. What's going on? I am a comedian, and I have toured the country performing comedy. Now, I was married for three years. I recently went through a divorce, and now I'm dating somebody else. Uh, A lot of my material, though, has to do with my ex-wife. And that's Mm -hmm. where the issue is coming up, is that my girlfriend is seeing me perform. She's seeing the material and basically me on stage talking about my ex-wife and and it's causing a bit of a problem between us. She wants me to write new material. It's some of my funniest stuff, and I'm kind of at an impasse as to what to do. Do I just abandon it or try new stuff or make it about her? That's a good question. Um, what uh, What do you think before I answer that? What is you? You're the one working, you're the one making the money, touring, working hard, use that material. Do you yeah. think you should give up on that? No, not at all. I mean, I do make... Uh, decent money doing it, and it is my dream. It's my you know aspirations to uh, go further with it. So it's not mm-hmm. a career that I want to get rid of at all, for sure. Okay. Well, here's the answer because the thing is, you know, there's this super radio genius guy called Howard Stern in our business who way back when he was still in Detroit would talk about his divorce with his wife and everything that has happened. I don't know if you remember that, but I think when we are in the business we're in, we got to be ourselves, tell stories, and we don't have to be mean, but we have to be honest. And so I think if that's what you decide, you should go for it, Brent. Okay. Just keep okay. doing it then, huh? 
Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, okay. listen, this is how you make your money. I mean, bread and butter. So it's like if somebody would ask me, you know, Simon, I don't like your French accent. Can you do the radio show or, or not mention your exes in France? I would say, no, I can't. Right? It's the same thing. Um, this is yeah, how we make a show. Yeah, be yourself. Otherwise, what can we do? So I agree with you. You know, you keep doing what you're doing and good luck to you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good night. You know, it's interesting whether you're... You know, a comedian or a talk show host or just you, like, who has a different job. But how should we talk about our exes in public and in private? That's coming up next. So once your relationship is over, how would you like to be talked about? And how would you like to talk about your ex? First thing first, um, I do not like people who talk badly about the exes constantly. Bad sign. You love them at the time. You embrace them. You know, bury the past to kiss the future. We shouldn't be talking badly about our exes unless, like, you know, at the beginning. And after that, we have to bury the past. And also, how do I want to be talked about? I, you know, not so much. I think that when we separate, there is anger, there is disappointment, resentment. Sometimes it's worse. Or sometimes it just didn't work out. So the less we talk about the exes, the better. Now, when it comes to, in private, how much should we share about our exes? Stay with me. I'm going to tell you that next. Talking about the exes, how much should we share about them with the rest of the world? My policy is the less, the better. Because whose business is it really but you and that person? You know, so I totally agree with people who say, you know, it's between me and my ex. And then people say, oh, my God, we're together now. You should share that with me. No, 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 no. What we should share together is what we do together. I feel like when this expression says what happened in Vegas, stay in Vegas, what happened with the ex, stay with the ex. I think it's respectful. I think it helps us bury the past. And I think it's the right thing to do. So share as little as you can about your exes. It never helps your current relationship. Trust me on this. You call the next 855-905-8255. You have a love story you want to share with me. Just dial 855-905-8255. Ava, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Ava. You have a romantic or love story for me tonight? I do, I do. It is the best first kiss I have ever had. Oh, first kiss. I love that. <laughs> That's romantic. Tell me about this story. Um, well, it was a guy that was sort of a friend of a friend, and so like I started to develop feelings for him without even, re even realizing it. And then um, he invited me to this gala that uh, his company was a part of, and he was like the presenter for it, so he was sort of working a little bit, but he wanted me to be his plus one. Mm -hmm. And it was at um, the Queen's Museum out in Flushing. And uh, that's where they have that huge uh, diorama of um, all five boroughs of New York City. Uh-huh. I know and what that was, is. Yep. It was an, yeah, it was a nighttime gala. It was beautiful. We had, you know, we had a great time, great dinner, you know, champagne. It was really lovely. Um, it was just a really positive experience. And then we went, uh, as the gala was finishing, we went upstairs to like get our things um, from the room that we were stored in, and it was right down the hallway from that diorama. And I said, "Can we? You know, I've never seen it at night before. You know, that the, the museum is closed, and you know, it's kind of a, a special time to be there." And he's like, "All right, let's let's go check it out." So I took off my heels, and we like snuck our way down the hallway so that nobody would catch us. And we walked into the room, and it was so beautiful. They they had a few of the 
the buildings lit up like it was a nighttime scene. It was it was like wow. being at the top of the Empire State Building and having the entire city down below there. Um, and we just stood side by side, and and you know there was all this electricity, and it was such a romantic setting. And he just leaned in and kissed me, and it was absolutely perfect. And it's never <laughs> been beaten since. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, first Muchi Duchi, I love that story. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know because it really it's very rare that something like this happens, a perfect kiss. So mm-hmm. really, and uh, you know, thank you so much, Ava, for sharing that story of that first kiss. I won't forget it. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. Yep, thank you, and have a good night. Thanks, you too. Do you remember your first kiss? Let's talk about that next. Do you remember a magic kiss, like a kind of a first kiss, one of the very first few kisses that were, like, unbelievable? Just like Ava just had my last caller, she told me, you know, that, that perfect kiss. Because the first kiss is really... Maybe the biggest green light or it can be a red light if it doesn't go well, right? We all know what's a bad kiss, right? If I, if I ask you this, you're all going to tell me, oh, yeah, that I do. But how would we describe a great kiss? You know, the kiss that we'll never forget. Because all the others, like kissing a frog, we don't want to do remember that. So I'm going to share a story next of one of the greatest kiss I've ever had the chance to have. That story is true, and it's coming up next. Do you remember the greatest first kiss you've ever had? I do. You know, I was talking about this. This story came back to me, and this story comes back from Paris, where I was raised and stayed there until I was almost 30, and then I came here. So I met this, this wonderful girl in college, Sabine. Such a cutie. with beautiful blonde hair, green eyes, and then she was charming. She would sing the Beatles to me. It was, we had such a great time. And I think I was like 17, something like that. And I remember we went to the Garden of Luxembourg in Paris, the little garden, because there's a big one and a little one. And I was holding her hand. I'd never kissed her before. And then we turned each other towards each other, lean over, and that was one of the most sensual, romantic, vibrating kiss of my life. I'll never forgot it. I'm sure you have one too. Uh, you call that next, 855-905-8255. Any question about your relationships? Just call me. Phyllis, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Phyllis. Welcome to The Rendezvous. How can I help you tonight? Yeah, so I love my boyfriend very much. We've been together for two years. But I find that the longer we're together, the more nervous I am to bring up that I would like to participate in Ooh La La. I see. I feel like I'm more nervous to let him down or look fat or not be good enough. Interesting. And so um, what do you think trigger that kind of like shyness or kind of reclusive behavior? What do you think started this? It's interesting because I'm not a shy person, but I think, um, you know, a lot of people suffer from sabotaging something Mm -hmm. that's really good and we can't all be Kendall Jenner (laughs) appearance wise. So maybe I am sabotaging it by being concerned. So let me use your intuition since women intuition is a magic tool of truth. Do you think it's about you or it's about him? I think it's about me because he's obsessed with me in like a delightful way. Exactly. Because uh, number one, let me reassure you as a man, 
every woman that I know is beautiful in their own way. So it's not Kendall Jenner or another celebrity that is like we all think of. I never think about Kendall Jenner. Of course, I'm much older, but I don't even think about. <laughs> so we don't think like that. Okay, guys don't think about celebrities, body type. We like you. We desire you. We love you. We want Ulala with you. So let me reassure you, he is with you because he wants to be with you. Number one, the initiating the ulala, uh, if you feel it, you do it. I don't know a single man, including myself, that doesn't like once that happens. It's very rare. Usually, you know, we take the initiative gladly. But if that happens, we feel very wanted. You're going to score a lot of points. Okay, Phyllis? So don't be worried about this. And if you do feel insecure, uncomfortable in your body, maybe you go talk to maybe a therapist or something, somebody who can tell you what's going on. But it's not about him. It's not about the ulala. It's not about anything else than some insecurity maybe from the past in your life or something like this. And um, that you can work on it yourself so he doesn't have to suffer from this because it's really not from him. It's from you. Exactly. I don't want him to suffer. Exactly. So enjoy, initiate. It's a wonderful time to enjoy each other in so many ways. Very true. Thank you so much, Simon. All right, Phyllis. Thank you for your call and have a good night. Thank you. You too. Stay with me. More Rendezvous is next. Thank you so much for listening to The Rendezvous tonight. I don't know what you're doing at night when you listen to me, but wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you. Merci beaucoup. Because you make this show possible by listening to me every night. So really, from me and my team, a huge thank you. Merci beaucoup. I want to finish with giving you the result of this poll. It was posted on my social media, at Rendezvous Radio, and you can find everything else at therendezvousshow.com. So the question was, who does the chores around the house? <laughs> so 44% of you said, I do. 11% of you said, my partner. And then 45% said, it's pretty 50-50. So I'm going to answer my part. I say, I do because I live alone and I do the cleaning. I, I do most of everything at the house. I mean, who else is going to do it? So, and I don't mind it. I find it relaxing. So I like to do laundry, especially. <laughs> That's a little piece of uh, information on me tonight. You have a good night. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.